Welcome to the ISA's Arborviews podcast, a series bringing you conversations with researchers and tree care experts about current issues in arboriculture. I'm Mark Hartley, your host, and on this episode of Arborviews, we have Kilane Vargas, who is an urban ecologist whose work focuses on recognising and maximising the role of nature in pursuit of sustainability. She studied ecology and landscape architecture and has pursued research in those fields at Fulbright, as a Fulbright Scholar in Berlin and the US Forestry Services. Today we're talking about her major project called Urban Forest Map that she has implemented in San Francisco. Hi. Hi, Mark. Now, Kilane, tell me, uh, what is Urban Forest Map? Well, it's a, since it's a very visual and interactive project, it can be hard for me to describe it in purely in words, so it's something that everyone should see. So first they should log on to urbanforestmap.org and just play around. So I'd say briefly, it's a web-based tool to engage the public in helping us track and manage the urban forest. So anybody, your grandmother, your teenager, uh, citizen foresters, proper foresters can create an account, log in, and add and edit information on the trees around them. So our goal here, we have a couple of purposes. One is to help uh, the officials who are responsible for trees in cities to keep track of them. We know that it's very difficult for cities to afford an inventory, a proper official inventory, and then it can be very hard for them to keep one up to date. So a lot of times we see ones that, are, that were done 10, 12 years ago and haven't been updated at all. So we, can we engage the public to go out there and tell us if the trees are still on the ground, to tell us how much they've grown, to tell us what condition they're in. So when you're relying on individuals who aren't arborists, who aren't, uh, how accurate, how, how reliable is that sort of information? I'd say that's probably the most question that I hear the most often, and there's a lot of skepticism out there. I think it's very reasonable to be skeptical, so uh, there are a couple of answers to that question. One is we're in the middle of a research project right now, so we've sent a whole bunch of uh, amateur tree lovers out there to measure and add trees to the map, and we're going to gauge their success against that of uh, certified arborists who are going to follow behind them and see, we're going to see how well they're doing. Uh, there's also a reputation system, so as you add trees and you get the thumbs up or the thumbs down from a professional, you get a certain reputation points, and your goal is to, to sort of improve your score. And um, finally, I'd say we should also be careful to not judge the quality of citizen foresters' data against some perfect ideal, but rather against what we have out there now, which oftentimes is full of holes, hasn't been updated in a long time, and um, it can be that some information is certainly better than none. And of course, as urban, urban foresters, we make mistakes as well when we're collecting data on occasion, so it's a good opportunity to have some of those things uh, picked up and, and uh, checked out as well. Absolutely. I've seen some official inventories that supposedly had 850 species on them, and really what they had were probably 150 with a whole bunch of spelling mistakes, so we make mistakes too. Exactly. So that's great. And in terms of what information does the, the MAP system offer that would help arborists in becoming better at, at developing urban forestry programs? I think there are a lot of ways you can pull information out of this. So one of the things that the map provides is once you've added a tree and told us its species and the diameter of its trunk, we tell you the environmental benefits it's providing. And then we can sum those over the whole city and say, how, uh, how many tons of carbon dioxide are the trees capturing? How much air pollutants are they filtering out of the air? How much stormwater are they helping us to manage? And so we can visualize that over the city. That's one thing that I think will be very valuable in arguing more for trees. 
Are the citizen arborists collecting information about the problems that they're having with trees as well, things like sidewalk problems, um, conflicts with utilities, those sort of problems? So it was really important to us that the map be... The map in San Francisco is a prototype that could be expanded across the country and then potentially around the world too. So in San Francisco, those issues that you mentioned are very important to us, about sidewalk damage, about utilities overhead, and so we've enabled that the opportunity for that to be captured. If other cities have other things that are particularly important to them, then we think that the infrastructure is very flexible so that if they were interested in creating a map similar to this, they could capture whatever kind of data they thought was really important. So you said that the the map system is very visual. What what do you mean when you say that? Well, I think there's a new movement towards um, a a growing interest in, in mapping things. So for example, in San Francisco, it's, if you look at the map as it stands now, we, it's populated with a lot of official data from the Bureau of Urban Forestry. And you can see that there are big gaps in the map where we don't have any information at all. Without a map, you wouldn't be able to perceive that the whole entirety of our big park in the middle of San Francisco. We don't have an inventory of it. So it's a big empty hole waiting for our citizen foresters to help. And and are you looking at developing key relationships with key citizen foresters to go out and do some of those things, or are you more uh, less proactive in achieving that? Well, I think we've got a new project ahead where we're going to develop some online training modules to sort of certify people as uh, official tree mappers. And our goal is going to be get enough citizen tree mappers involved that we can map all of the public trees in San Francisco in one crazy weekend. That sounds fantastic. And so there'll be some education in terms of plant identification, um, some ideas in terms of estimating heights and spreads, DBH, those sort of things? Right. So we realized sort of halfway through the project that there were two critical parts to getting people engaged that they were going to really struggle with. And it should have been obvious to us from the beginning that those would be hurdles, but we figured it out and we've, man, we've tackled that in two ways. We created another website called the Urban Tree Key, and that has the 50 most common tree species in San Francisco, and it's just a standard key with uh, questions about does it have leaves, does it have needles, does it have palm fronds, and you select one and you work your way through the key until you get to the most likely tree that is yours. So we'll probably take that and develop it more thoroughly for this training module for the official citizen mappers. And then we also realized that people would really struggle with measuring the diameter of the trees, Um, How high up from the ground do you do that? What if there's more than one trunk? What if there's ivy growing around the tree? What if there's a big bump? So we worked with a a certified arborist to create a video. It's about five minutes long. It's on our resources page. And um, I suggest that everybody should watch it. It's really fun, and it answers a lot of questions that a lot of us might even still have. So That sounds great. So that that we can get that by going to the, the general web page, and then you've got a resources section Exactly. Linked in that. That sounds right. fantastic. Um, so the other thing then, you said that you've got this visual thing and trunk diameter. How about things like the health of the tree or the, um, the, the problems with defects or structure, structural problems? So I think that's, it might be one of the things that our citizen mappers struggle the most with. We do have a field available um, for people to enter the condition of the tree, and we use the seven categories that are the best practices of the ISA. I think seven categories is going to be a lot of work and very hard for your amateur tree lover to distinguish between. But we wanted to do the best that we could and we wanted to follow those best practices standards. So that is available for people to add information. I think that will definitely be one of the points that will be um, 
where the data will be something that we really want to look into as closely as possible. But we've also enabled a field called alerts. And it's a little drop-down menu. It's eight or ten of the most likely problems that people will find so that you can go and say the, this tree has been improperly pruned. It shows signs of a pest or disease. It looks like it has a branch hanging off of it. Um, the branches are covering a traffic light or a street sign that's important. And then the administrators can go and search and say, show me all of the trees in San Francisco where someone has said, uh, this tree's been improperly pruned. And then I can print out a map of that and I could go and, and perhaps inspect those trees. Sounds fantastic. And, and does that allow you to check in terms of time changes so that the, the lights that were there, that gets changed when your service crew goes out and takes care of the printing from the lights? So at, at the moment, our system is not connected to the city's official system. Um, I think it's fair to say that they were skeptical is probably too strong of a word, but they certainly wanted to be convinced that this project was going to be successful. So we're still in our early phases of collecting data and uh, doing the research on how good the information is, and we hope that once we've demonstrated that we get good information, um, they'll be interested in pulling our system into theirs officially. Now, obviously, in, in today's age where money is important in terms of saving it, um, this is something that might be transferable to other uh, states or other areas, other cities. How do you see that happening? Well, our funding originally came from the state of California, and so it was important to us to build a project that could be expanded beyond the city of San Francisco, of course. So we did that in two ways. Once we tried to build something as fle flexible an infrastructure as possible so that it could be adapted to different places and their different needs, and secondly, we made the underlying software code open source, which means that it's freely available for download by anyone. Um, that doesn't mean that it's a turnkey project where you could just zip it off of the web, plug it in, and start it up for your city. There is certainly still some work that needs to be done in terms of adjusting those environmental benefits, which are regionally based, adjusting the species lists, um, pointing the geography, obviously, in the correct direction. But the code itself is freely available for everyone to make use of. And so we would love to see that the project expand even farther. We've uh, worked with the city of Philadelphia, and they have a project called the Philly Tree Map, which is up and running. And I'm currently working with the region of Sacramento, California, to build a map for them for a six-county region that's trying to plant five million trees in the next couple of decades. Kelly, it sounds absolutely exciting. Look forward to seeing how it goes. Thanks, Thanks for coming Mark. in.